What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I'm your host. Today on the episode, we're going to be talking about, of course, the madness that is March with all these crazy upsets, but also the New York Jets trade up to the third pick in the draft. They're getting a quarterback, and joining me is Phil DeMeo. How are you feeling about these Jets right now? Feeling jazzy. You're going to get a quarterback for the first time in our lifetime. It's a good time to be a New York fan, a New York Jet fan right now. And also joining me, of course, to talk about the madness, Alec Argento. How you doing? Sup? I love it. There it is. This is March. <laughs> this is March. It's crazy out there. It's madness. Yes, we are here. Peter Kennedy, Phil DeMeo, Alec Argento on the Sports Blog New York podcast. This is March. This is also NFL free agency and draft time. My God, Saturday morning, Phil, I'll start with you because this is your team here. That news really snuck into my news feed. I mean, the tournament was was in full swing. Virginia had just lost to UMBC. Uh, which yawn, are, yawn. Which, oh, come on. Stop that. That was, that was fantastic. I don't want to hear your yawn about that. Yawn. But anyway, in my in my news feed on my phone when I wake up on Saturday morning is Jets trade three first round picks, I mean second round picks, two this year. Whoa, whoa, one, whoa, whoa. Uh, second round, <laughs> sorry. Two this year and one in the future for the third pick in the draft and the Colts now stocking up to try to fill that roster out. But what does this say about the New York Jets is it means they're going to go after their quarterback. Phil, you said you were jazzy in the open. Why are you so jazzy about the Jets making this move? Because now I know we should hopefully have that guy for the next decade drafted six weeks from now, hopefully. Now, there's many things that could happen, and we could pick the wrong guy, but we have a chance. We're going to get a quarterback. I mean, if we don't get a quarterback, that's a whole different story. You traded these picks for a running back. That'll be, that'll, I'll lose my mind for that. But we're going to get Josh Rosen. We're going to get Josh Allen. we get Sam Darling. we get Baker Mayfield. We're not in the complete driver's seat, but you know we have control now. You have control of who we should pick. And at six, we had no control. All four or five quarterbacks could have been picked and trade up like us. We, we What we just did, We now we have a little bit of control of who our quarterback should be for the next decade. I, that I, makes me happy as a Jet fan. I have a question for you, Phil, as, as a Giants fan who only you know pays attention tangentially on this stuff uh, with the Jets. So, obviously, they, they, they re-signed Josh McCown and they just signed Teddy Bridgewater, which means to me that – there is a chance that they just trying to see what comes out of those two there. Say say Barkley's still on the on the board and two quarterbacks are taken ahead of the Jets by the time they go. Would you you, you just would not be okay with with Barkley going there at all? I I, I wouldn't. Um, you look at the run the league right now and these running backs. There's about five lead running backs left in the NFL: Zeke Elliott, McCoy, Gurley, Bell. These are these guys don't you can't build a winning team around these guys. They're very nice to have. But you need the quarterback. The right. Browns, they should pick a quarterback, number one. You pick Barkley over a quarterback, I don't think, I don't think it's a lateral move. You need to have this franchise guy as your quarterback. You could pick the wrong guy. It could look really dumb if you pick the wrong guy and Barkley becomes you know, a Hall of Famer. But that's, that's just the price of a quarterback you have to pay. But say, say you take a quarterback – uh, and you don't really have the tools around him in terms of a receiving core or anything over there. You don't really have a good running back core there either. Um, you kind of put him into a, a bad situation right away. Is that really? You well, know? L- let me jump in though. Sure. Think about this. What the, Jet- what, for, yeah, what the Jets are also saying with the the past week of moves is that this quarterback that they're going to take is 99 percent 
most likely not going to be the starter, especially with the system that Todd Bowles runs. Like, Todd Bowles loves his veterans. He has already named Josh wow. McCown the starter, which doesn't mean anything. Really. In training cap. In training cap. So, realistically, you know, say the Jets end up with, with Rosen, Darnold, Allen, or Mayfield, which they most likely will, there's such a strong chance they won't play opening day. And I think that's a good thing. Now, what would be pretty weird is if Teddy Bridgewater is healthy, plays well, does a very good job for the Jets and wins football games. I guess you just ride him out for the year and then let him walk or like, but if he does the job, Phil, if Teddy Bridgewater is more than we even expected, he could have been after an injury. Do you still just kind of like let him walk if he does a good job or do you, 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 or you're all about the future quarterback? Like, how does that work? If you have the quarterback, you, 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 that's your investment. So he's your quarterback going forward. You wish Teddy the best. And obviously you want it. You want that. Uh, you want, you want Teddy and the quarterback, the new quarterback, to compete. So Teddy could drive the new quarterback to do, do work his best, earn that job, even even that for during the year, but for next year, earn that job. I think that's the best best case scenario for the Jets. Right. No, this is, guy, is, this guy, is Teddy Bridgewater the second best quarterback in the division? Maybe. Yeah. Right. Like I don't know. It's not. Well, the Bills don't have a quarterback yet either. Right. Neither really. Well, do that's a different conversation. And then Ryan Tannehill's coming off an injury just like Teddy. So it, it's they might have Baker Mayfield. Then they're gonna Baker Mayfield hard. You know what the Jets did also, and this is kind of undoubtable, except if another New York team gets involved. The Jets bumped into the spot where a lot of people expected the Bills to try to bump into. Yep. So the Bills are stacked with all these draft picks. Twelve, twenty-one, a couple other ones later on. A lot of people expected them to shoot for the Colts' third pick, or maybe now what could make it super interesting is if the Bills try to slide in on the Giants' second pick and trade up for that, and then you have the Bills and the Jets draft next to each other and those quarterbacks playing head-to-head for hopefully years to come. That's, that can get real interesting there. I'm fine with – I don't want to make this about the Giants, but it, you know, I'm fine with the Giants trading down. I actually think they should because I don't like any – Giants are sure there's a point right now at the Jets. What's that? The truth is important. It's the same conversation. Yeah, no, you can't it, have one or the other right now. Yeah. It is really the same conversation and, at this point. And I just I, – I don't think that trading – I know you, you could take – get more picks in the first round with the 12-21 Bills, Bills idea. But I think the the lack – the discrepancy in talent compared to like the 6-3 and three that you, know, you have with the Jets and the Colts is too severe to even take a risk like that. You're not going to be totally in this situation agree. every year. Especially the Giants. People forget that they, they don't have – you know. They don't not have pieces there to be a competitive team. They were all hurt last year for the most part. <laughs> I mean, they went from the second best record to the second worst yeah, in a year. <laughs> so don't expect them to have the second overall pick again next year. I'm not going to say I'm not saying they're going to be a Super Bowl contender this year, but don't expect them to be in the same exact spot. So utilize that. Get the put yourself in the best situation. If they think it's that, you know, the trade down, I wouldn't disagree with that. But you can't get a 12 and a 21 out of that. You have to get a little bit more. Absolutely. I think it would be negligent if the Giants didn't pick quarterback. I think you have to accept that Eli Manning is a shell of himself. Well, although Beckham, he's not like a good quarterback. He's 37 years old. He's one or two years left of his contract. But I think the best player for the Giants is to pair Odell with a young quarterback for the next five years and roll with that. Right. I think that's the best situation the Giants can do. But, but other than that, really else, need, I think it would be negligent. What you really need uh, with for Giants, a franchise. What you really need with the Giants is an offensive line. You just let go Weston Richburg Facts. and Justin Pugh, who I, I know they just had the left tackle. What's his name? Nate Solder. Uh, yeah, Solder from. Uh, from the Patriots, but your two, your only two pe- uh, quality uh, contributors of the offensive line last year were Justin Pugh and Weston Richburg. Uh, Weston Richburg was hurt, um, but now you have nothing. You have no nothing there. So you put a quarterback in that situation; he's going to be under pressure the entire game, um, and he, he's he's his confidence is going to get shook if he's getting sacked every five minutes. And then it kind of you know it stymies his development in its own right. And you don't want to do that. 
Also, over the weekend, just to for some cleanup purposes, the Giants did uh, reportedly re- are, are going to re-sign Justin Pugh. That happened over the weekend as well. Um, and then also a guy, Patrick Omem- Omame. Pugh got signed. Pugh, oh, he he's, the he's officially signed. Oh, he signed with the Cardinals. Cardinals wow, I yeah. totally read that. <laughs> that yeah, wrong. no, he yeah. didn't sign with the Giants. <laughs> I just went into into the Google. He's and, gone. And read that very much no, so yeah, wrong. We, we have no offense. Well, we saw, except for Solder, who's My like twenty nine though. Too. No, we did. A, we signed a guy, uh, Patrick Omama, but I'm not going to pretend to even know what he does no. as a player. <laughs> um, so, uh, like Alex said, the main thing for the Giants for so long has yeah. been well, not for so long, but for the past couple of years, has we can't protect Eli Manning and we can't get a run game going. So. Phil, going off what you said earlier about it would be negligent for the Giants to not take a quarterback, I tend to agree with you because I think for as, as surefire as Saquon Barkley may be, which I think I think he is a surefire hitter. Like he he's not gonna be a bad player by any means. Ezekiel Elliott looked so good for what reason? He was paired with the best O line around. Everybody talked all year long during Ezekiel Elliott's rookie campaign how this this Cowboys offensive line is fantastic. It's amazing. It's helping Dak look good. It's helping Zeke look good. And now we're going to sit here and pretend like Saquon Barkley can do what Ezekiel Elliott did with the worst O-line in the league? Like, that's not how it works. So that's why I think the quarterback should be the first pick, the first move for the Giants. The Giants clearly have a commitment to Eli to let him – after he got benched by McAdoo – uh, and they brought him back immediately. There's a commitment level there for him to go out, you know, on, on ride ride his horse into the sunset. They're not going to embarrass him any more than they already had last year. His contract is going to play out. They're not going to, you know. So I don't really necessarily want a quarterback to be sitting on the bench the entire year. I don't. I know. You know I don't want an Aaron Rodgers situation or anything like that. I don't think it works. You know, th- there's the exceptions to the rules, like Rodgers. You want somebody who's going to play. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, maybe it could be like a Glennon, uh, Trubisky situation or something like that. But I mean, that even remains to be seen how that works out. You know, and, you know? and also, you know what, Phil? I want you to actually hop into your editor mind, right? The sports blog, New York co-founder Phil DeMeo, editor mind, right? Okay. Imagine you run the New York Post or Daily News, right? Now the New York Giants select the quarterback at number two, and the New York Jets select the quarterback at number three. Now we're in like week five of the season. The Jets are two and three. The Giants are two and three, and neither of the two rookie quarterbacks are playing. How much is New York freaking out? And what are those tabloids saying about these two franchises that are playing Josh McCown or Bridgewater and Eli Manning, and they can't win with two rookie quarterbacks on the bench? I think if the franchise sets out their goal, makes it clear we're not playing these guys for the year or early beginning. You really just how much you can do. But like, I look at Chicago last year. They signed Lennon's like fourteen million dollars, and they traded up one spot for Trubisky. Is it similar to that when like, do you eventually play? I feel like uh, it's just a weird situation. If Glenn, if it's gonna be clear that you guys are sitting, we really can't get mad. Like we, like we said about the old line, right? About the Giants' old line. But I, every draft and every year is different. So the, the Cowboys had a, a chance to pick a guard when they needed a guard. They got the guard. They got the tackle. They got the center. Then, then the running back came along. But you don't know the order that's going to come in. So if the Giants need a quarterback for the next five years, they're there at number two. You can't predict what next coming year is, who's going to be available to slot you're in. So you have to take, who you, you take what you get. And you're going to get the, sure you take the quarterback. It should be Rose. I think Rose is probably the best one. And go from there. Sure. No, I agree. I mean, like, I, I, there's nothing, there's nothing, like, these people, these Giants fans out there who are still so bought in on Eli Manning, and the thing that drives me even more insane is Giants fans who have this 
unforeseen faith in Davis Webb. Like, he's the future for some reason. And for some reason, this fan who's never seen Davis Webb play ever in his life thinks Davis Webb is the answer for the franchise in the future. It drives me insane. When we have a second pick, four quarterbacks here who, who are probably going to be top ten, possibly top five at this point with the way the trades are working out. Like, just pure statistical odds. Two of these guys are probably going to be good. Possibly three of these guys are going to be good. And who the hell knows if the four of them go to a decent place, I think all four of them can be NFL quarterbacks. So if the Giants pass up on an opportunity to snag a franchise quarterback, when Eli Manning is done in a year, year and a half, two years, we're going to be sitting here with our thumbs up, you know what, saying who the hell's throwing the ball to our weapons in Shepard, Beckham, and Engram. Well, Beckham and, might not even be here. If and Godfrey, yeah, and if Beckham's gone. Because it, well, it, Phil, what do you think about uh, the, this little point here? And we're going to hop back to the Jets to close out the football conversation to go back to the March Madness stuff. Do you think there's something to the argument that Odell Beckham, in a way, single-handedly saved Eli Manning's career? Or do you yes, think that's a ridiculous 100%. statement? I think it's – I'm pretty sure there's, a, there's facts to that, there's like actual data to that. Um, yeah, I think you saw last year, yeah, the all-line stunk, the receivers weren't good, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the quarterback. I just – can you envision close your eyes right now? Can you envision Eli Manning in a Super Bowl in the next two years? Absolutely not. Absolutely I think that's not. The, that's the answer right there. Absolutely not. Do you think Odell Beckham, Alec, in any way, shape, or form, saved Eli Manning's career? I don't know if he saved it. He definitely extended it. Fair enough. Savored it. Yeah. Sa- extended fair, it. Yeah. Sa- I mean, same concept. I, I also don't think Eli is this, you know, shell that everyone. I, I think he's an average quarterback right now. I think he has. Is in a bad situation with his offensive. I don't. Think I agree. I think people do, who don't watch the Giants every week don't really understand how bad that offensive line has been for the past couple of years, and how bad the system under McAdoo was for the past couple. Even when they won that 12, 12 games, um, they they won it very close. They they weren't playing well. They weren't an exciting team that was. You know, they just happened to you know win the win the close ones, which they couldn't do last year. Um, I don't think Eli is as bad as he is, uh, as, as everyone makes it out to be. And I don't think that getting a quarterback right now, I don't think that any of these guys are surefire. I really don't. Well, From what my, my understanding of these quarterbacks, it, it's not like Andrew Luck coming out of college and you know he's going to be a good quarterback. You know? Right. And I will also, and a funny thing with Andrew Luck is, even though he is a good quarterback by all, you know, by all measures, he's been hurt. And now he can't stay healthy because his O-line was horrible for the past couple of years. And what you're talking about with um, people who may not watch the Giants every play, just kind of watch here and there or watch half a game, watch the highlights. These these plays where Eli Manning drops back and then just like looks scared and drops to the floor, throws the ball at someone's feet is because there's so much pressure on his face. (laughs) He doesn't know what to do. So it is really tough. Um, let's hop back now to to close out the football conversation. Like I said, we got to get to this March Madness stuff. Going back to the Jets as well. So, Phil, mm-hmm. put, play out those first three picks the way you see it most likely going uh, in the optimist view of a Jets fan. So, okay, the optimist so r- Right now, um, Browns, I think they take either um, Darnold. I think they like Darnold over Rosen. Or I go risky pick, they pick Allen, which that would be you know, crazy. I think Allen doesn't play for all three teams, by the way. I He's protein, he's pro, uh, his pro day's coming up soon. People are going to fall over him. <laughs> uh, I, 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 they, I could totally see that happening for all three teams. So, Rosen, I mean, do, excuse me, Donald, number one. Two, the Giants should pick Rosen. And three, the, the Giants should be stuck with Bayfield around, which I'm not static about. I'm really hoping Rosen falls to the Jets, but that's the way I see it happening right now. Three quarterbacks taken. Can I interject there? Yeah, of course. If, Go ahead. if the Jets traded up to get B- Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen, they didn't do a good job of GMing because. 
I, there's no shot that any of those are anything close to a lock. Well, especially I, Baker Mayfield. Fa- fair enough, but I, I, at the same token, none of these quarterbacks are a lock. But that's why I think it's this. Like, that, that's why it didn't. This you, is all. This is all. It's all see, hooey. It's so crazy. This, this, excuse me. To because they were number six. They got they got to leapfrog twice for quarterback. You could yeah. get Baker Mayfield. At six. That's, that's well, maybe not though. That's they, the they thing. Possibly, they possibly couldn't have. Yeah. Somebody go trade number five. Somebody go trade number three. So there Absolutely. wasn't any lock. They were and there. That's why they didn't trade. Apparently, the Broncos really like Baker Mayfield. That's a lot of words did, going did around. They just here. get a quarterback. They got Case Keenum for two years. Yeah. So what? They'll roll a case. And NFL contracts are on toilet paper. You're the one who coined that phrase for me. The NFL contracts are written on toilet paper. Besides Kirk's. Besides Kirk Cousins, apparently. He's got got, uh, laminated computer paper in there. But think think about it. If the the Broncos really believe in Baker Mayfield, they probably also don't believe he's ready to play right now. And who's ready to play right now? Case Keenum. Who's ready to get benched by uh, a quarterback who's better than him next year? It's Case Keenum. You know what I mean? Like, are you going to be yeah, shocked? They did it with Paxton Lynch. They forgot to put him that one. Right. Didn't work are you, you going to be shocked before. if the Broncos end up sitting or getting rid of Case Keenum after this year? No. Like, I no. no. I expect the Broncos to get a new quarterback every year or two. Exactly. So they're going to take a swing, and it's it's possible in Phil's It'll scenario fail. where the Bills trade up to three. I mean, to uh, to three if the Jets I thought they were, no matter what. I was, I was shocked that the Jets did it. it I thought it was the Bills. It really took, sure. it took everybody by storm. But say the Bills did instead of the Jets, then you got quarterback one, two, three. The Browns don't need two quarterbacks, so there's a non-quarterback pick. And then the, well, the Broncos, know, so. and then you never know. The Cardinals slide in. A, lot, a yeah. lot of stuff can go down, and it was possible the Jets wouldn't have gotten a top-four quarterback at six. It was possible, which is insane. Barkley could end up falling to like four, five, six at the six range now. Do, do, what, if, what if he falls <laughs> to like the Bucks at seven? That's insane. Quentin Nelson. I don't think, where's I don't Quentin think he Nelson? goes past the, the Browns at four. Unless they, pick, unless they really like Chubb. They like the idea of Chubb and Garrett. On different ends, which is pretty, you know, on paper, that sounds pretty good. And where's Quentin Nelson in all this, too? That's that's crazy. He's, he's like yeah, a, he, a great he's, guard. He's apparently the, the most sure pick Hall of Fame block, as you read. Uh, I just decided right now. Um, I, I really haven't thought about it because <laughs> the draft is so far away in so my head. So, mindless Which is take. so stupid. We have to wait six more weeks for this shit. I know. It's insane. What's that? Free agency Free agency needs to be after the draft oh, in the NFL. They the should way. make it a Throw Sunday it night there. thing on Sunday night football. Make it a whole extravagant thing. And have it a Sunday night football draft edition. That'll be the best thing I could do. But no, we got wait six more weeks till the end of fucking May for a draft. I've been too about since October. It's really, really negligent. I, I fucking hate it. Wait, so what's your mindless take, Alec? What is? Uh, I'm all in on Saquon Barkley for the Giants. You're that, all that, in. That's for... who I want. I, you know, I, I don't care. Wait, so can you say that again? You weren't facing the microphone. I said I'm all in on Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Uh, I don't really care about the draft this early. Like, it just right. doesn't move the needle. I'll for take me. growth and happily um, then. But uh, I I don't like any of these quarterbacks from what I understand about them, and I don't really I don't I don't I never believe in taking a running back in the first round because the only time that the Giants ever did it was David Wilson who got spinal stenosis and never played a yep. game after, <laughs> uh, after those first like six. Um, but I really am against all of these quarterbacks, and uh, I'm in. So that's my stance going forward. I'm gonna make it very known. I'm gonna do a lot of research on Saquon Barkley <laughs> and come with facts prepared next time. You're gonna be knowing about like his high school girlfriend, <laughs> who's like now also also his acupuncturist and stuff like that. You so might think it'll be creepy, <laughs> and it will be. Alec and P. What about Nelson? Would you be happy with Nelson? I would be, Phil. I would be ecstatic if we took if we somehow yeah. got Quentin Nelson. I don't care if we got him too. The, the way people talk about this guy and the way he looks on the minimal tape that. I've seen of him. This guy looks like a savage. And yeah. got you know, people say, Oh, he's not a tackle, he can't be top three pick. I don't care. And, and and honestly, I've seen Eli get pressured right up the face. I don't care. If we can get an O lineman who can do a good job 
I'll take it. Now, Pete, that's a bad take, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because his name is not Saquon Barkley. Saquon <laughs> Barkley is the only <laughs> pick you can possibly <laughs> take it to. We, we've been recording for just <laughs> just under 20 minutes, counting to 20 by the time I finish the sentence. You went from being, oh, yeah, the Giants are probably day quarterback, to no, Saquon Barkley must be the Giants I don't pick. understand how anyone can think otherwise. <laughs> it has to be Barkley. <laughs> also, one more quick question. Uh, I'm related to the Jets and Giants, but football, draft related. What did you guys thought to Lamar Jackson? I'll give him a shot. It, it, dependingly, like if I'm the Arizona Cardinals and he's the only quarterback left when I'm picking, I'll take him. Hundred percent, I'll take him. I've seen him at the Saints. How cool would that be? Uh, like that would be cool I, too. I want him because I want to see him get turned into a wide receiver. I want to see. I uh, want that. Oh, I want Tyrod uh, Taylor. I not Tyrod uh, Terrell Pryor on my team 2.0. I want that. They're not the like, Terrell Pryor is like six four, like huge. <laughs> no, like he's like a big big man though. Like yeah. Lamar Jackson, slender. I don't know. I think he's gonna be good. I, I think he has a chance to be solid. I think he has a chance to be an NFL quarterback, for real. I think if I'm the Cardinals, I give him a shot. What about Josh Allen? We didn't really get to Josh Allen. Who do, who do you guys like? What's your quarterback rankings? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Rosen Darnold, 1A, 1B. Uh, ask me tomorrow. I'm, uh, one of them will be ahead. But those are my top two, and then I'm Mayfield Allen. Yeah, I'm probably and Barkley, 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 Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Phil? Um, I'd like Rosen, Darnold, Allen, Mayfield. Uh, yeah, that that like I like Mayfield. I think he's gonna be good. And but you, and you like Mayfield? And you think he's fourth? Allen. Um, I I I would take him fourth. I I if I'm the Jets, I think Allen over Mayfield. I think. Wow, it it really is gonna be something else. All right, Phil. Any last words on the Jets moving up? Um, we definitely we definitely have holes to fill. It kind of sucks that we don't have those second round picks. We kind of needed those, but getting the quarterback is most important. In a, in a vacuum, we traded Sheldon Richardson for this pick. And the goal we did was trade that. We traded that our pick, the pick we got for Sheldon Richardson for this number three pick. You take that any time. Sheldon Richardson might come. It wasn't the Vikings, but he might come back. But yeah, I'm pumped for the Jets. It sucks to wait six more weeks. That's really terrible. Um, anything can happen. Um, just a quick note that this trade was made after Rosen Mayfield's pro day. So he McGagan didn't even see Josh Allen on his pro day yet, and he made this trade. So I don't know if he's keen in on Baker Mayfield or Allen or Rosen. We shall see, but I'm happy. Um, it's gonna be a long six weeks, and um, maybe the Giants take a move or two. Oh man, who knows what's going down, Phil? Thanks for joining. The one thing we do know for sure is that the Jets now have a plan. We didn't know what their plan was for quarterback like a week or so ago. Did we know that. Well, this, uh, this, this <laughs> might be the part. This might be uh, Plan B. I don't know. You're true. I don't know. Uh, well, the, the Jets are doing something, and that is something to be said about the Jets. They're they're doing something, and they're not doing nothing, and I like that. Uh, it's gonna be a real fun draft for us New York fans. Phil, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking more about it soon. Thank you, man. Have a great one. Thank you. Enjoy some of your crappy college wrestling. You guys no, about. get out of here. Get- oh, boy, Nevada won. Who the fuck, fuck cares about Nevada? <laughs> We're talking about UMBC up in here, Why? all right? Name one player on that team and put him out on a map. KJ Mora right now. I'm looking at his face on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I got to put him out on a map? <laughs> what map? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, Phil. Have a good hey, one. guys, enjoy. Peace. Well, Alec, now it's just me and you. Thanks to Phil talking about the Jets. But uh, you and I waited for a minute. You know, after we finished talking with Phil, we were mid-UMBC Kansas State game, uh, right in the middle of the second half. So we wanted to just wait. Rest well, in peace. See what happened until we talked about the NCAA tournament. Because how you can't have NCAA tournament and the University of Maryland, uh, Baltimore College. I think Baltimore County. County. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk about the tournament without them, right? No, I mean, they're a staple. God damn it. The 16 seed that beat Virginia, the one seed, got knocked off by Kansas State. But that's okay, right? Because, like, 
They were never supposed to be there. They, they you know, I, the, whole, the whole tournament was gravy, and they'll never make a tournament again. No, we'll never see them again. <laughs> to the point where you know, I was saying I was using this as uh, as Florida Gulf, yeah, Florida Gulf Coast as a as an example. Except they made, and one then now. they made it. Pete told me that they made it two years ago, and I to- totally forgot. Like that's how that's how like much people will forget about anybody on this team going forward. But it was just really really fun for that, like for like twenty four to forty eight hours. Though the guy uh, Jordan Lyles is a pretty solid player. He's a freshman, right? So who knows about him? Maybe he'll maybe he'll put the he'll team on his back. Transfer to a real school. Maybe they <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then break their hearts, and then they'll never be in tournament again. <laughs> uh, who knows, though? Maybe you, maybe we'll hear from UMBC again in the future. But for now, there's no more to be said by UMBC. Well, I, I, I think there is one more thing to be said. That game that I just watched was the worst game of basketball I've ever watched in my life. But it was great. It, it wasn't It wasn't good basketball. And I want more of that. I, I, I could watch that all day long. Well, you're in luck, Alec. You know why? What? Because we're only in the Sweet 16 now. And we have all these college basketball games yeah, that are like just such an inferior quality of basketball to like the NBA, obviously. No, but I want college. the really inferior stuff. Like I want that that sixteen seed, like when they miss open layups sometimes. Like you, that's my favorite. So like, does Marshall versus West Virginia? That's not even bad enough for you. No, this is a normal thing. Like this, 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 <laughs> this is these are they won their conferences. Like they're good. Oh, man. I want to watch people. You know, like that game, there was a steal back and forth. Like there was, there was like a, a six possession series where it was just steals trip. They were tripping over their own players out there. That legitimately happened. That's how the game ended. Was the uh, was the uh, UMBC guys were tripping over each other. Yeah, it's great. It was it was something to it was something to see for real. And mm-hmm. this whole tournament has been something to see. And as Phil so rudely put it through the open and at the end of our little football segment there, that he just doesn't really care about college basketball. He doesn't get into the tournament. He's not into it. And you know, even though this basketball is just not great basketball, it really every time I watch a NCAA tournament game, I just get reminded as to why I love the NBA because they're just so much more talented, play better, do more impressive things. Like for you also looked up what the over under was in that Kansas State <laughs> UMBC game. It was 135 or something like that. Yeah. They didn't even hit 100 combined. <laughs> like they couldn't even score 100 points combined. It was insane. I don't. I mean, I, this I, tournament's been insane. I don't understand, like, especially with exactly with this tournament, how you could want to talk about anything else. Man, maybe you want to talk a little bit about baseball. Baseball's coming back, but when this is probably the best tournament I've ever watched in my life, just because you have no idea what's going to happen. You just genuinely have no idea. Ak, you just just labored through that football segment. Yeah, it was a struggle. I, I, I didn't care a lot. I'm going to be honest about it. <laughs> I think that's why you turned into that Saquon Barkley take, just like really hard. Yeah, yeah you got to track onto something, you know? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, if, what really moves the needle here? Jo- uh, Josh Allen or um, Nate, that random white guy who could shoot threes on uh, UMBC? That They'll you never- know his name. It- his name is Joe Ingles' guy, looking guy. <laughs> Shout out Joe Ingles, of course, all day, every day. Um, so just running through this tournament really quick. Right now, while the Marshall-West Virginia game is you know, in play while we speak, while we're recording this podcast, Xavier has a nice little lead on Florida State. That game's still going on. Um, not everything's set, but overall, we have a nine seed in Kansas State. Then Kentucky, who's a five seed, who is now the highest seed in the uh, top left, the south bracket, south region. So now they look like the favorite all of a sudden, and nobody liked them all year, except for your boy, by the way. I mean, I have my Final Four. I mean, oh, you were not— Cool guys doing cool guy things over here. That's it. Me and you just doing cool guy stuff. But last week, me and Duffy were on the podcast, and I picked them as my winner. And he was like, ah, no job, blah, blah, blah. He had Arizona, so screw you, Duffy. (laughs) Uh, First round exit. So Kentucky's now the favorite in, like, the 
South region, which is just funny to say out loud because they're a five seed. They were up and down all year. In the West, we're likely going to have Xavier Gonzaga, which is one of the few matchups that actually make sense now. Yeah, but but like even Xavier and Gonzaga, like they're one and a four. They're very close in like how like like it level should technically talent. in real life it would be Gonzaga's the one, Xavier's a four. Yeah, but whatever. You, we'll you see what it. I'm saying there? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. They're both just re- well respected, decent to pretty to very good yeah. schools. And then Michigan, Texas A&M, that's not that crazy, but, like, UNC got knocked out. I was out. about to say. How yeah. about that shit? Um, <laughs> then on the uh, going across the way over to the Midwest region, Michigan State loses to Syracuse. Syracuse was the last school to make the tournament. They did this a couple of years ago. They were a play-in team for yeah. 11, and they won, like, three in a row. They went to the Final Four. Yeah. Insane. And so like, it's not shocking because it's Syracuse and that hardcore zone they play, like, just really stifles people. But now we got Duke-Syracuse, so at least that's, that's like a blue-blooded Jace matchup right there blue for uh, right cops no blue, blue chips blue chips uh, blue penny, blood, penny blue hardaway cops. penny hardaway new coach of memphis circle back to college basketball how about that sure. um then we got kansas clemson this is this the year of the five seed maybe that's it yeah wait this is the first year ever that, that a five seed didn't get upset no five seed upset so everybody but and that, their mother, that's always happened before right i think there's a few years it didn't happen uh, pretty much every year i was gonna say it was the first year where a 16 beat a one and the first year where a 12 didn't beat a five because everybody and their mother picks at least one 12 five upset right? you gotta do it and this year we got nothing we got mm-hmm. ohio state one west virginia is still in but now they might lose the marshall uh, and then Clemson is moving on, and Kentucky looks like they can be the favorite in this whole tournament. No. Well, maybe. Duke. Whatever. Duke. Either way. Now we get Kansas-Clemson, and then on the top in the East region, Villanova uh, playing the winner of this Virginia-Marshall game. And Texas Tech-Purdue, which, you know what? Even though that's the only 2-3 matchup and we Purdue's got going on. And a big-ass team, too. That, right? Yeah. In, in the one chalk little region, besides the Gonzaga-Xavier thing, you know, we got Texas Tech, Purdue, two teams that no one would ever trust. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even Villanova. I didn't. I didn't trust Villanova before. A, a lot of people. Stuff. Did. A lot of people did, though. No, but I'm just. But a lot of people also didn't. Like there weren't. There was not. Weren't like a clear contender. Like it's not like Duke or, or a team like that where it's like, all right, we're gonna have. We expect them to be Final Four, uh, elite, elite eight at the very least. You know, um, they Villanova is kind of a team that. People don't really know what to expect for either, but they were in that that bracket little division area or whatever uh, that there was no competition there. So, I mean, they turned into one of the biggest favorites, even though they were a little iffy in the first place, too. Right. And, uh, you know, they played Alabama last round. Did you happen to catch that game at all? Uh, yeah, and I, I thought Alabama was going to do a lot better than they did. Yeah, man. First half, you're talking, you're, you're looking across the way at a guy who bet Alabama plus nine, thought I was going to have something to show for it. Um, the, we need, I need to like plus 30. Oh, it might have been plus 13, actually. And oh, it was plus 11 and a half. I bought a point and a half. It was plus 13. Besides the point, they they hardly covered plus 30. They hardly freaking covered plus 30. Villanova just absolutely ran with it in the second half. So you, as a Villanova hater. Just People forget that they, they're used to getting upset really early in the playoffs. Right. So an often <laughs> Villanova hater. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let you take the floor. They have been the most winningest college basketball program of the past four years. Facts. Most okay. wins, best record, the whole nine. It, it, do Remember they flute girl? I miss flute girl. <laughs> Crying flute girl. <laughs> that 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 d- just missed the real meme era, huh? No, that was a meme. I remember watching that because oh, I, I, 
Pete knows this, but I don't know if I've said this, but like a lot of my cousins go to Villanova, a lot of my aunts and uncles and everything. And I just sent that to every one of them before it even got like was on the internet. That was just me videotaping it on like, I don't know, my Samsung Galaxy S3 or something. Wow. And just sending it to all my, everyone in my family and laughing so hard, just so hard as they were crying themselves. <laughs> all your family, Villanova alumni, you're just, you're just laughing in their misery. Uh, but now that Villanova has this little walkway to the Final Four, how much, like, how much do their chances increase to be an actual contender to win the NCAA tournament again? Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, I, I think there's four teams that can win this right now. And what are the, what are those teams to you? Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentuckys, uh, yeah, Kentuckys. Uh, I really like Michigan still, okay. even though, even though they barely made it out of that last game alive, which was one of the craziest shots I've ever seen to go in. That, with the legs doing a split in midair because there was just no control over that body at all. He was trying to get a foul call, right? I don't to, know. He, I, I think he fell down for no reason after he shot it. Like I, I, I thought he was just put – because he was also taking that from the parking lot. Facts. Uh, I thought it was just him trying to – because he didn't have body control at all, it looked like to me. Mm. Uh, and then I have Duke uh, on, on the last part. That's only three teams you said. Uh, no, I said Nova. Oh, Villanova, Kentucky, Michigan. Don't, don't and ever Duke. come at me like that. Again. I think I think just to be a fair human being, you gotta say Kansas has a chance now as well, just by the sake of yeah, because the other people got eliminated. There's so was, many other people eliminated. That was like a Purdue type team where everyone was like, ah, do I really trust Kansas to go there? Right. So whoever whoever gets out of that bottom right, the Midwest, Kansas or Duke. I mean, God forbid, it's freaking Syracuse or Clemson, which is I guess possible. That'd be great. But if it's Kansas or Duke, you gotta feel confident that they can just they can run with it. Uh, another team that got um, that got upset that got upset here was Cincinnati. We didn't talk about them. So this is you know the whole this is March. I feel like that's bigger this year than ever. Like why is the little this is March thing on Twitter? I'm seeing it like all over the place. I don't know. I guess it's just something people can latch onto on Twitter. About. I don't know. I've just been seeing a lot of people talking about. Move on. Nah, is that a <laughs> whatever? People have been just using that phrase this is March like a lot more than usual. But anyway, the classic this is March moment happened in the Nevada Cincinnati upset. Nevada was down by 22 points in the yeah. second half and stormed back, hit a big shot at the end, the whole nine, and and obviously went insane. But like now we have a Loyola Chicago, which is a school that might as well not exist, which, <laughs> whatever. Loyola Chicago 11 seed versus Nevada in the Sweet 16. Are people supposed to care about that? Like, I know the whole Cinderella thing. Yes. And I, I come down hard on this. You're the worst. Who, you're, you're just who's like the sinking worst their teeth into Loyola Chicago versus Nevada? You, how do you not get up to watch a, a random team try to upset a, 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 like a staple in the tournament? Because it's going to be horrible basketball. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Most, even good college basketball is still horrible basketball 90, 90% of the time. It, it's... You have no affiliation to these teams. I I hate like you and I are the, are total opposite sides of the spectrum with like sports viewership when it comes to things like this. Because I don't understand. I hate the idea that I have to root for the best team. I want to root. Ag- I don't root for pe- teams. I root for my teams. And I root against teams I don't like. That's how I work. That's how I operate. I think that's a lot of people are like like that. I, I venture to say most people watch sports and root like that. Um, I have no affiliation to Duke at all. But I would love to see them get knocked off by whoever is in that division. I think Syracuse is in that division. Syracuse somehow pulled that off. I'd be so happy. I'd be the happiest person in the world. Yeah, that means Syracuse also had a win. 
That's also so? two, two shades thrown at, uh, not shades, I don't really care. I'm just messing around here. But my, my boy Luke, shout out Luke at work, from Chicago. Luke from work. Luke from work. I don't know if he even listens, but whatever. I'll tell him I said this today, uh, tomorrow at work. He lives like, ba- well, he used to live when he was in Chicago, basically on the campus or right off the campus of Loyola Chicago, and he went to Syracuse. So this is like a really weird, amazing tournament experience for, experiment for him. Like, the odds that someone who, goes, <laughs> someone who goes to Chicago lives on the campus, I mean, someone goes to Syracuse, lives on the campus of Loyola Chicago, both you? 11 seeds are now in the Sweet I have 16. a lot of questions about Luke. I'm not going to get into him on the pod, but we're going to have, have a discussion. That's just, so, that's just ridiculous. This is a ridiculous thing to happen. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about Kentucky, though, as an actual team. So they're a five seed. No one had a lot of faith in them. You know, they had an up and down season, but they got hot towards the end. You know, they are the youngest team in NCAA history. They're stack full of freshmen. They're just all all the guys who actually play and matter. They just got Kentucky teams are always stack full of freshmen. No, no, of course, of course. But they always have had guys um, like Isaiah Briscoe in the past couple years. Um, They had the guy Willis, who's just the white dude with the arm sleeve who shot threes. Will Cauley Stein was a junior. People forget about that. Was like, he? Yeah, he was a he was a three year player at Kentucky. I didn't so that. though they have always had these one and dones for the past handful of years, they've had these mix of upperclassmen. This year, like their squad is the youngest team of all time. So with this setup, where they might have an easy run into the Final Four, do you expect? Do you trust a Kentucky and b Coach Calipari because you know he is now questioned as a guy who can can he win the big game? Do you trust them to beat a Villanova in the championship or beat a Michigan in in the Final Four? Well, I, definitely, I definitely trust them to get to a Final Four. Right, because now it looks like their path is there to get to the Final Four. I mean, they could walk there at this point. Does your trust go so far that you would now, in the the uh, bracket we see today from the Sweet 16 on, would you put your money on them to win it all? No, because I still think that there's better teams out there, one or two. Um, but I always thought that, like you had you had to seed them as a five seed. Because of how they started their year off, but we all knew going in that they were playing better than a five seed would at that point. Although I, I can't even say that because Clemson's playing at a, at a five, uh, their five seed and they've they're at the same pace that the uh, the, the uh, Wildcats are at right now too. But I'm confident enough that they will make themselves look better than they are, though still by the the division that they're in on this whole thing. And then they'll get to some real competition eventually, and then it'll be a good game. But they're gonna they're gonna come up a little short on that one. So your your trust is not super hard in Calipari and these freshmen. Well, it's not. It, it has nothing to do with Calipari. Then Calipari is a great coach, as much as everyone likes to you know joke with him. Uh, but uh, I don't think that you can win with that much inexperience at the, the you know the grandest stage. And, and another reason why this tournament is so weird, right? You just mentioned Clemson a minute ago as a five seed who's now playing very well. They weren't playing well like right. a couple days ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they were one of the most popular five twelve upset picks. So many people who I talk to and I hear on the radio, TV, and whatnot had New Mexico State not only beating Clemson. A lot of people had New Mexico State, you know, going into the next round beating Auburn or possibly Charleston if if uh, Charleston beat Auburn. So we end up with the chalk four five matchup. And then Clemson, now they're looked at as like some hot team because they just beat Auburn by 31 points. <laughs> like Auburn couldn't score. So it, this tournament, is it is it more crazy than usual or is it just that we're living in the moment and enjoying it? It's 100% more crazy, but th- the one thing that we got to be wary of is that there are always upsets at this point. There's, there's more this year. 
But eventually it all cancels out and evens out and things get right with the world. You're talking. That's my take right there. What? You're talking my take right there. I'm a smart guy. How Cinderella's aren't real. Well, they are. I mean, you don't view it the right way. Because that that 16 win over the one is the championship. Isn't the true Cinderella story one of these underdogs winning it all? Is that not the true Cinderella story? I mean, that would be great. None of these guys actually ever win. I mean, that's not necessarily true. UConn won as an eight seed. But UConn doesn't count. Why not? Like, if Syracuse won this year, yeah, it would be amazing. An because 11 seed won. Because it's, it's Syracuse? It's freaking Syracuse. It's Jim Beheim. I, like, I don't disagree he's with that. He's a I, Hall I, of I Famer. Don't, I don't agree with that, though. I think I think seeding is huge. And ca- it's not the same team every year. It's not as if you have some kind of dynasty that you can carry over these players for years and years and years. Especially in the one-and-done era that we're in. You don't have that carryover. But like, it's a w- totally different team. That's a, that's another common misconception for me. The whole Your one, misconception. The, the one one and done era. Of all these schools, who actually has one and done? I'm going to name all the schools that are still in, no matter what, from from this point on, re- disregarding the West Virginia Marshall game and whatever games we're waiting for still. Kentucky, obviously, is a one and done school. Kansas State, they had one in like our lifetime. Mike Beasley, shout out him. Illinois, Chicago, no one and dones. Nevada, no one and dones. Texas Tech, they might have one this year, but they very seldom have one and dones. Villanova never has one and dones. Purdue very seldom, if at all, has one and dones. They have one or two here and there, right? Kansas has some one and dones. Clemson doesn't have one and dones. And then Syracuse occasionally will have one, and Duke has them all the time now. And then Texas A&M doesn't. Michigan doesn't really either. So yes, we're in this one and one, one and done era. Sure, you can say that all you want. Most of these schools in the tournament do not have one-and-done players. So, like, they have the same team year to year, usually. I mean, would you say that this Kentucky team carries the same level of uh, appeal or, or respect and everything that the, you know, the, the undefeated team had at this point? No, it's a different team. Yeah, but then why, then why do you always just say, oh, well, Villanova's known for blowing it, so they're probably going to blow it I again. don't like Villanova, Pete. You know why I'm <laughs> saying that. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> no. At least I'm honest about it. <laughs> I feel you, but tell me I'm tell me I'm wrong here by saying this whole thing about the one and done era. The minority of players are one and dones. Like the far and few between are one and done. Right. And but certain where they programs gravitate to- towards are the teams that are typically still in it at this point. And they're the, not going to be at the you know they're not at the 15th seed schools of the Sweet 16 of the entire Sweet 16. Three, three. I'll say three and a half. But of this these is also a weird year. Typically, right now. You have know that, that that's it's also a bad example because right now a lot of teams that would typically have it are out, like Arizona. Yeah, like Arizona. And Arizona has a lot of one and done guys typically. Can we talk about that for a second? Actually, DeAndre yeah. Ayton being really bad on defense, and <laughs> <laughs> not quote unquote not caring, but. He'll care at the next level. We'll see. Um, <laughs> you think he's going to be Jaleel Okafor 2.0? No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's what you're say. saying. I think he's going to be fantastic. He's a savage. Uh, oh, my God. DeAndre Aiden's insane. But so many people were hopping on Arizona's bandwagon because of their thing with Sean Miller and the NCAA, the investigations, the $100,000, all this stuff. So many people jumped on that bandwagon. Do you think the NCAA is laughing a little bit right now, or do you think it's like whatever? Do you think? Do you think they're laughing a little bit? What did Arizona get knocked out? And yeah, Louisville round. and UCLA didn't make it in the tournament for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Seems a little sus. Oh, seems a little sus. I'm a big conspiracy theory guy, but hey, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I am a big conspiracy theory guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, Arizona, with all their talent, loses to Buffalo. By the way, peace out, Marshall. We're watching the game right now. They are not going to advance. Um, we're going to lose all our our, uh, our unders. All our Cinderella's. Yeah. Well, all, all right. So there's another question for you regarding the whole who you want to see move on, who you want to see win, and, and all that stuff here. Don't you feel like sometimes when there's un- when there's actual upsets and stuff like that, we get gypped of like great matchups? No, like, I don't care about great matchups. Like, I don't. Like that's crazy to me though. I, I, but it's like, crazy to me that rather, you do. You'd rather watch Buffalo for a story beat Arizona it. and then just lose to Kentucky Unless rather than Arizona Kentucky play each other head to head. I couldn't Lana. care less. I, that's I, insane. It, 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 I, I don't understand your way of thinking because you don't hate teams. You no, it's because but you also don't really love teams either. Maybe it's because I you like really the NBA te- so much. Yeah, and I, I want to see DeAndre and go against Kentucky top guys. Right. I, I mean, I hate the NBA too. That's that's a huge reason why I hate the NBA is because I can't get behind teams that aren't my own, unless it's me hating on them. And you're right. I don't really hate teams. I don't really love teams. No, you don't. You're you're, you're a fan of the sports more as opposed to the teams. I, I I live and breathe by my teams. And if it's not if I don't have a team in the fight, I live and breathe by hating and despising another team that I've randomly chosen to despise. And just say underdogs all day. Yeah, I mean, I'll always refer an underdog. I, that, that's that's like if you're watching the Olympics, I'm not going to refer anything besides America. You know, it's like you just do and that. if you are, you want like Tanz- Tanzania to like well, to I'll, beat I'll, Russia or something <laughs> like that. I'm a big Bosnia and Herzegovina guy. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> who isn't? Am I right? <laughs> um, I guess it's a different you should put a Twitter poll out there about that. Oh, um, I'm curious to see what the results are. Like, there. how do you even phrase that? So it's like, would you rather see an upset or miss? Or or watch like the. Would you rather see an upset or the two best teams play each other? Right. Would you rather see the true underdog story or Goliath versus Goliath? Yeah, because what ends up happening? I don't know. I get bored with two good teams that are going at. I don't want to see. I don't care about seeing the Cavs versus the Warriors again. Like I know you do. Like I I, I hate it every year. It's so not fun to me. I'd rather see a team that has that shouldn't be there win it. So say Syracuse wasn't Syracuse and they were. University of Maryland, Baltimore County, right? But but they were an eleven seed. They were respectable, and they knock off Michigan State. You're like, how can you tell me you'd rather watch some random school play Duke than Michigan State Duke? Tom Izzo versus Coach K. Like I, that's where I don't, that's where I don't. Because I've seen with you Tom here. Izzo and Coach K. I haven't seen this random team. They are. It means so much more to them than it means to anyone else. That that's is why. fair, and that's honestly that's the best. If the point Knicks, you made if day. the Knicks won a, won a championship. It would mean so much more to them than it would mean to Steph Curry, you know. It's that's just my way of thinking. It's well, it's to so Knicks fans, to Warriors fans for sure. At this point, I'm just saying in general. Right. Th- th- this is my way of thinking. I want to see. T- that's why I love baseball so much. Well, not it's one of the reasons I love baseball so much. Who thought that the Royals were going to win a World Series? The Cubs were going to win a World Series. Uh, you know, the the Dodgers were going to get the, the Astros got there. The Mets. It's so much fun. It's you never know who's going to win. The, we haven't had a repeat. Uh, a, a champion, a champion in, in I think like twenty years. That's the Yankees did in ninety eight, ninety nine. Similarly, in the NFL, disregarding the Patriots, but the Patriots are there, so you can't even say similarly. Well, I, well, yeah, I guess I, sh- well, I should say that's a huge thing. I, I should mean. say in the NFC, yeah, because in the NFC it's been wide open. Yeah, year. I mean the AFC is kind of boring. I mean, you know the Steelers are going to make it every year. You know the, the Patriots are going to make it every year, and then the other teams don't really matter. To be honest with you, I wish there was a way we can really calculate this, but you know what? Part of the reason I think is people who may agree with me don't realize they agree with me. I 
I've heard your opinion before. I, I, I know, just, I know you're familiar with it, but obviously we're talking no, on the I podcast mean from, here. I mean, from other people, I've heard, I've heard what you're saying, right. and it never makes sense to me. Like it, I think some people are fooling themselves when they say they'd rather see some underdog game against Duke rather than fucking Kentucky. Would Duke. you rather watch a movie you love over and over and over again, or would eventually you just want to see a sequel? But it's not the same movie, dude. It's not the same movie. It is the same movie. Like if when you when UNC and Duke play all the time, it's actually like a crazy thing where it's like they're they're almost five hundred. It's fun, but I'd ra- it's fun, but I'd rather see, I'd rather see Manhattan College. Oh uh, uh, well, mm, well, I'm just saying. I know it was the first one you thought of because yeah. you went there. Whatever. I, I'd rather see the Siena Saints go, you know, play in, uh, somehow into the championship game, and even if they get destroyed, it was awesome that they got there. Can't do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Your your way of thinking annoys me. Well, this is <laughs> this is the moment where we need the listeners of the SBNY podcast to chime in. Uh, hit us on Twitter at SportBlogNYC. My personal Twitter at Pete Kennedy with two Y's. Uh, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Say it on there. If you think I'm crazy or if you think Alex crazy, please just let us know. What side do you fall on? Because we need we need some people besides you and I. Because me and you will just argue about this the entire time. Like, I, I wish there was a, a really quantifiable way to figure out. What people like more? The Twitter poll, but it's also called TV ratings, and that clearly shows people like the big dogs. Just saying. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, I don't really. I, I think a casual fan uh, would like something different than a, than a hardcore fan is. You want to attract the casual fan, I think. Right, um, and, and you're saying you don't give a shit about casual fans. You're because you you do hardcore sports. No, I'm <laughs> saying I think you should always care for the casual fan. I think it allows more people to get involved. I think it's really good. I, I bet the Jags number like the when the Jags were in the uh, in the uh, AFC Championship game. Uh, wait, were they? In the, no. Yes, yeah, the AFC Championship game. I bet those ratings were pretty good. <laughs> I bet okay, that they were but, fine. But if it was Steelers Patriots, it would have been better. I disagree. I that's raw. That's factual. That's oh, wrong. you mean in terms of ratings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. That's what I'm saying. So the people who agree with you, I think they lied to themselves. I mean, I don't a give bit. a shit about ratings. Why you I couldn't care less. <laughs> Do you? Re- I mean, I, I, re- I truly could not care about ratings at all. I mean, I, I do happen to work in the industry right, where ratings, but matter. I don't, and I don't care about ratings <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's super fair. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, let's make our picks here. Let's do let's do a little Sweet Sixteen and on uh, bracket challenge for for the for the two of us. Kansas State, Kentucky, Illinois, Chicago, Nevada. Who's the final four representative out of those four? Are we, are we chalking Kentucky there, me yeah, and you? Kentucky. We're chalking Kentucky there. Awesome. All right, now we have uh, Villanova and what looks like it's going to be West Virginia, unless Marshall has a really cool second half comeback, which would be awesome. I agree. Yes. It w- there you go, Pete. You know, I know why. Because I don't care about West Virginia, but if that was like freaking Duke, I'd want them. Well, in I want to see the best. Po- well, here's the thing though, too. I just want a quick thing. You never really get to see the two best teams in college because no. the 64 teams going at it. Never. It's just right. how it works. And, That's fair. Yeah. And a lot of these teams are within the same conferences and everything. They play throughout the year anyway. All it's right. a different tournament. Well, but, well, since our listeners will know who the winner is, but we don't yet. Villanova, Marshall, or WVU, Texas Tech, or Purdue. Who do you got representing that crew? Villanova. Frig, I hate this. It's yeah. no fun. It's not, it's not fun. <laughs> it would be more fun if there I was... Just, I just totally duped myself. You sure there, did. Yeah. You're right. Villanova has to be that team representing them. Yep. There's no way I could ever imagine Purdue in the Final Four, Texas Tech in the Final Four, yeah. when Villanova's sitting there. Ah, God, I hate it's this. Right, they'll have a heartbreaker. I hate this already. All right, let's play this game for this for this sake. Um, who's heartbreaking Kentucky if they lose, and who's heartbreaking Villanova if they lose before the Final Four? Who, who would they match up with? Kansas State or 
Illinois, Chicago. I mean, Loyola, Chicago, Nevada. Loyola, Chicago. Loyola, Chicago, 11 seed. Love hot, it. Shout out. Hot, 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 hot. What about in the Nova bracket? Who's upset in them? Can't be Purdue. Can't it just be. Can't it be. just physically it just, can't be. It's just no can't shot. Be. Uh, who else is there? Texas Tech or the uh, WVU Marshall. Oh, man. I, I, I can't even hypothetically give a different team. I guess it's Purdue. Eh? I'm going Texas Tech. They got one guy, Zaire Smith, who's like a savage, fucking flies through the air. He's but really, really does he have, he's does he have, he have any shot at beating Villanova? Yeah. Villanova's been on fire. It's hard to see it. They do. They rain threes. They move the ball. They play hard. Jay Wright has great suits. I mean. Uh, I heard some stories about Jay Wright. The other uh, the, One of my uh, coworkers went to. Went to Nova. Okay. Uh, he had a lot of fun with with the the, the the students there. Okay. Yeah, a lot of fun with the students there. What? A lot you, of fun. Are you doing like some weird breaky stuff right now? Uh, I think any, from what I understand. That was, really, was, that was also really vague. Like, what are you talking well, about? Just, well, I guess you really didn't like, hang out with the guys that much. I just had a lot of fun with the women around there. Just like oh, doing what? stuff. Stop yeah. that, no. dude. That's not cool. You don't know nothing. That's what I heard. You can't say that on the Sports Block New York podcast. That's what I heard. <laughs> What? All right. That doesn't mean anything. Anyway, I think Texas Tech has a chance. Who knows? I'm riding with Villanova. All right, down to the bottom left. Xavier looks like they're probably moving on, so we'll go with that. Xavier versus Gonzaga, and then Michigan, Texas A&M. Who's your rep? Michigan. Michigan. All right, I'm going Gonzaga. I roll with the Zags, man. The Zags know what they're doing out there. Mark Few, shout out. They're a mid-major. I don't know if you know that. They are. They're, <laughs> a, mid, they're a fake mid-major. Like Wichita State. I heard uh, the coach of Iona, shout out New York Colleges, um, the coach of Iona was talking about uh, Michael K. Show asked him, I forget who it was. You know, what's it like being a mid-major? Do you compa- Do you ever watch like Gonzaga to base off of their success? And he goes, Oh well, they're not a real mid-major. They have funding like crazy. They have all the top line how stuff. That, how does that happen? Because they've run a really good program for a while, and you tick up, tick up, tick up, earn, 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 build, 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 I alumni, guess. and bada bing, bada boom. They get also Gonzaga recruits all across the world. They have a ton of international. Yeah, there was like Australian people, right, and stuff yeah. like that. So shout out Gonzaga. I think I think they're the easy rep. No love from you and I for Xavier, who is a one seed. Trayvon Blewett out there. I mean, Cantor's Car- little brother, Karim Cantor. So no love for Xavier. Um, since we did not agree there, we'll just ride with that one. Now across the way, Midwest, Kansas, Clemson, Syracuse, and Duke. Duke, Duke Blue Devils. Who's Blue- your favorite guy on the, on the Duke Blue Devils? Uh, Margaret Marvin Bagley the first, not the second, uh. not the third, the first. <laughs> so, do you when you watch Bagley on Duke, do you just be like, this guy's on a different court? Yeah, he's really good. He's a really good guy. He 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 looks incredible sometimes. I do think though, and I said this on the pod last week. I I like Wendell Carter as a safer pick for the NBA draft. Where's he like slotted to go in in the draft? Carter, like eight nine. He's like a four to eight range. So he's got a big variance. Yeah. Well, I think his thing is got, is ticking up, and that's why I say four. And he's like he's like a prototypical three. No, no, he's a five. He's a five. I he, thought Wendell Carter was a was a was a three four. No, no, Carter's a seven foot, two hundred sixty five pound. Uh, I'm five. getting confused with the other guy. No, Wendell Carter's really good too. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big guy. Big, oh yeah, two hundred sixty five pounds actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, late, man. <laughs> how do you feel about Grayson Allen as a human being? I love him. I love a villain. I love how he's a, a love hate. He's a huge love hate guy. Yeah, you need th- you need that in college basketball. Like I I would take a villain like that any day of the week because he when you embrace the villain role or when you fight the villain role, it's totally different. Like LeBron fights the villain role and he's a villain. If he embraced it, I'd be so fine with that. If he like maniacally laughed for me once, I'd be told. If he like punches someone in the face when he thinks no, when he acts like nobody's watching, like, that's something Grayson Allen would do. And I'm so in on <laughs> Grayson Allen. 
<laughs> I feel that LeBron's always just trying to act like he does nothing wrong. LeBron wants like, to be cool, cool guy. That's what like A Rod always did. It doesn't work out. I don't know. I don't know. Funny him. that you loved A Rod and hate LeBron. I loved A Rod because he was on my team. Okay, I thought you liked him before. But anyway, um, what do you mean? I'm, I thought you liked him before I, Yankees. When I was like five. Yeah. Uh, I fun fact. The <laughs> you were not that. I mean, he went yeah, to the Yankees in like two thousand what five? No, he came in two thousand two. No. So I was I was nine. I'm nine looking this up while you do this. He came in. Uh, he wasn't on the World Series team in two thousand one. He wasn't there. And I think he came the year after. He was definitely on the 2003 team when we lost to uh, the Red Sox. 2004. You're wrong. Yeah. Wrong. We lost in two, we lost in 2004 to the Red Sox. Facts. Oh, that was the year. Oh yeah, that, that was the year he came in. Facts. All right, I like Duke as well. Who's your winner? Who's winner? Who's winning all? Duke. Duke? Kentucky baby. Blue blood championship. Kentucky versus Duke would be electric. I don't care what you say. I would love to see that. Yay. <sighs> Bored about that. Uh, about that. Man. All right. Well, that's all we got, man. That's Sports Blog New York Podcast. How do you feel about today's episode? Uh, good. Um, I'm just more excited about baseball. You're, you're um, ready. I think so are some other people. I had, I, I, specifically Pete, Yankee fans. Pete knows this. I had a 16 hour, I think I talked about this last year. Eesh. I do a 16 hour fantasy baseball draft over two days. Uh, That's with, with my old college professors. That's insane. And it's mostly Insanity. just like, I, I don't, I don't want to say no. Because I feel bad because they really like they, they really get excited like this is their Christmas you know, right. um, like I just want it to be over like as soon as it starts and they they want it to last as long as possible. They don't took their wives and you know their kids and stuff like that. And you're sitting here with no wives, no kids. Like what I I I, I for a second got excited that I, I drafted uh, Adrian Gonzalez in like the fortieth round and I was like, why the hell? Would I ever be happy about this in any facet of my life? Like, what what led me to this point where I could give like a little fist pump? The fact that you just <laughs> said fortieth round of the MLB fantasy uh, no, the draft, the NL only draft, the NL only fantasy draft is bonkers. Yeah, bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me hate baseball a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why you want the games to start because you're tired of your sixteen hour draft. Yeah, oh my god, I just want to watch baseball. Man. All right. Well, anyway, SBNLOI listeners, if you like what you've been hearing, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It doesn't really take that much time. You know, hit subscribe, boom, done. That's like two seconds. The rate's pretty easy, too. Rate, five stars, click, boom. I mean, honestly, you could just go find a review of somebody else's podcast, copy and paste it, and just put it on ours, too. Just get a five star one. Don't even need to be creative. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Actually, do that. It'll be funny. It's going to be like, oh, I love the host, John J- Jonathan, man. He's really good. <laughs> he really knows how to cook like a steak or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. I love when he talks about politics. <laughs> it's just like the best thing. The new he's always up on the weather. Like great weather podcast. Find really obscure podcast. That's your job, guys. <laughs> I like this. A Find lot. really obscure podcast. Copy the first five star review you see and just leave it there. I'm in. I'm very much in on this. <laughs> find the most ridiculous podcast you can find and take their rating and rate it on the Sports Blog New York podcast. <laughs> That's good stuff. I'm Peter Kennedy. Alec Argento. You guys have a great day and continue enjoying the madness that is March. Peace.